Hello, everybody, and welcome back to our Bible study series on the book of Romans. But unlike our normal Sundays, we are going to be in the book of James, at least for a moment, because we do have to address an elephant in the room. Well, okay, not actually an elephant, unless this is an elephant with rabies, wearing a Pope hat, screaming, running around, breaking up the walls. It is an elephant that cannot be ignored. <laughs> We're going to be in the book of James chapter 2. You see, we are starting to finish up reading the text, going verse by verse through the book of Romans. And during that time, I imagine a whole lot of people are thinking to themselves, well, what about this? What about that? What about this and that and this and that? Uh, this one thing I heard from that one pastor, or my priest said this or that. All these objections and ideas and interpolations and all sorts of issues that come up with the book of Romans that I said we would start addressing after we went through the text of Romans. But today I figured I'd give us a little preview of the sorts of things we are going to be interacting with. So, if we are here in the book of James, we'll be in chapter 2. Let's go ahead and start reading at the 14th verse. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, be warmed and filled without giving them the things needed for the body. What good is that? So faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one. You do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. Do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works, and faith was completed by his works. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness, and he was called a friend of God. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. And in the same way, was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead." This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. And absolutely, this is the word of our Lord. There are no contradictions in Scripture. There's no holes nor errors in the word of God. James chapter 2 is absolutely a precious treasure from Scripture. That said, if you are a catechumen and immature in the faith, now is not the time to start clapping your hands and laughing and giggling like a baby seal about to receive a piece of fish. This passage is incredibly important, but it does not mean what the Roman Catholic Magisterium has traditionally said it means, 
and nor does it mean that which the Orthodox Church has traditionally said that it means. It does not mean that you earn your salvation. It does not mean that your faith plus your works go together to earn you salvation. And I will give you a very, very simple reason for that. You see, if we decide that this means you go to heaven based on your works, we have called St. Peter a liar. What does St. Peter say in verse 12 of Acts chapter 4? There is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. St. Peter says, Christ alone is your Savior. Nobody else can take credit for saving you. Now, if you are justified in the legal sense, as in saved by your faith plus your works, then you are telling me and everybody in Christendom that Jesus is your Savior, but you are also your Savior. Billy believes that Jesus absolutely died for his sins, but Billy also thinks that Billy is a pretty special guy too, and Billy is a co-savior with Jesus, a co-redemptor, if you will. Is that the witness of Scripture? And if you truly believe that St. Peter is the first pope, the chair of St. Peter being the edifice on top of which all of the papacy is built, if you're looking at that guy and calling him a liar, then there is a problem. I am personally going to believe what St. Peter says over you or any pope out there who decided that one verse in James means, oh man, I can just toss Romans in the trash. Heaven forbid. To the contrary, it is absolutely true that Christ alone is your Savior. This is the witness of St. Peter and all of the apostles. But that leads us to the question of, well, what is St. James getting at? This is incredibly important. Let's turn over here real quick to Matthew chapter 11 to find out a second way in which the word dekaiwo, or justified justification, may be used. And you might be stopping me here going, Pastor, you did this already earlier in this series. You are 100% right. But it bears repeating. We need a refresher to address the true witness of Holy Scripture. So, Matthew chapter 11, starting in the 18th verse, our Lord Jesus says, John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say he has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, look at him, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is justified by her deeds. Now the same Greek word is there in Matthew eleven nineteen when our Lord Christ says wisdom is justified by her deeds. There is only one group in history that saw that Greek verb dekaiuo as solely legal and decided that that meant mm, yes. Mwah. Jesus is saying that wisdom itself was declared morally righteous in a legal sense, having been uh, perfectly declared innocent 
as it were, through deeds. That sect is called Gnosticism. They believed that Most Holy Sophia, or Wisdom, the Aeon known as Barbalo, however you want to call it, that she somehow fell. And this resulted in the accidental creation of the material universe. Gnostics believed some pretty goofy stuff. But they would tell you, oh, by all means, we are all justified by our works, the same way Most Holy Sophia was redeemed and justified by her works. Maybe in conjunction with faith. I mean, you got to have mental knowledge and uh, add that to your works in order to really be saved, you see. Now, I have a question for you. Is that even salvation? To say, I hold mental knowledge in my head, and I act accordingly in order to get to heaven. Is that salvation? Not in the slightest. St. James has already told us that that is demon faith. The demons believe and tremble because all they have is mental assent to the facts of the gospel. They do not trust in Jesus for their salvation. They're demons. They can't trust him. So when St. James writes, you believe that God is one, you do well, even the demons believe and shudder, he is saying that mental assent, just knowing the facts and saying, oh yeah, this happened, does not save you. The demons aren't saved. None of them is going to make it into heaven. None of them will be present at the new heavens and the new earth. They are all going to the lake of fire. I have a question for you. If you hold to demon faith, but you do a lot of nice works, does that save you? Of course not. Because you are not trusting in Jesus to save you. You are not saying, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I am yours. Save me. You're not saying that in your heart. Maybe you say it with your lips, but then you're no better than a Pharisee whom Christ says these people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. So clearly we understand he has said plainly that faith without works is dead. Sure. But faith being wrapped up in mere mental assent is evil. Pure evil, just like the demons. That's the kind of faith they have. You don't want to have the same kind of faith as a demon, where all it is is just knowing something or believing that it happened and nothing comes about from that. The Gnostics get it wrong by always translating justification in such a way, shape, or form as to be a penal, court-based justification. The same way St. Paul uses that word in terms of sin, punishment, and salvation, he says, God declares you not guilty. The Gnostics said the same thing, looking at Matthew eleven nineteen and saying, ah, yes, well, wisdom as a mere concept cannot be declared innocent, but wisdom as a person can, you see, and ah, yes, that is just knowing stuff, 
just knowing stuff and then doing stuff. You got those two things and you'll be fine. You'll be safe. St. James is not putting his stamp of approval on that. Otherwise, he is saying demon faith plus good works saves. And that would be absolute drivel. So, yes, I disagree with our Roman Catholic and Eastern Orthodox friends over James chapter 2, namely because I'm not a Gnostic. And I would hope that the Roman Catholic Church and the Eastern Orthodox Church also would uh, deny Gnosticism here and admit there's more than one use for that word. St. James speaks of vindication, not justification in the legal sense, but justification in terms of being vindicated before men. This is mostly Coram Mundo. He says, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. So if faith is shown through works, then these two are not equal. Works are the fruit of faith. Otherwise, your works would not show your faith. They would just sidle up right next to them, and then you would have a complete package. To the contrary, it is your faith that produces that work. Otherwise, you can't show your faith with it. And I know I have to repeat myself a couple times for it to make sense. But at the end of the day, you cannot say you are justified by your works because your works are the fruit of something else. If you're putting the cart before the horse and acting like you're somebody special because you do all these good works, you see then you've missed what St. James is saying. Now, somebody out there will indeed say, oh, pff, faith alone, man, I don't even do works. God just says, like, do whatever you want, do, because that's what sola fide means. And those people are falling into St. James's first trap when he says it's demon faith. All you do is just agree with something in your head? That's not faith. At least, not Christian faith. We already said it's demon faith. And unfortunately, right now, the Lutheran Church is falling into that trap as well. Sheer antinomian interpretations of sola fide. Where they believe that the entirety of Christianity is just a set of doctrines. That's what you would call formalism. If we have the right liturgy, and if we have the right doctrine, we are perfectly fine. I am going to rest on my laurels from there. And so many Lutheran churches are falling into this trap because now you have entire church bodies out there captured by formalism, which is leading them to be a body of demons. Do you want to know why there's so many demons in charge of your Lutheran denomination? It is because they are holding to formalist demon faith. Great. Thanks, guys. I digress. St. Paul says we are justified by faith apart from the works of the law. St. James agrees. But he adds something really, really nice, something really precious to us that is so good and powerful for us. When he says, I will show you my faith by my works, he continues, and this is incredibly important. I am excited to talk about it. He says, faith was active, verse 22, along with his works. 
and faith was completed by his works. If you as a Christian are zealous for good works, flowing from your faith, what we call the third use of the law, if you are zealous for good works, those good works turn around and buffer, strengthen, supplement, and crystallize your faith. Are you ever worried that you are wavering in your belief in God? Are you ever considering that, oh my goodness, what about this thing? My atheist friend said it was a contradiction or uh, the perennial seeming problem of why has Christ not returned yet? If you do good works and if you are zealous to serve our God, God uses that to strengthen your faith. It casts away tons of doubt. There is a certain sense where volunteering at the soup kitchen is spiritually beneficial to you. It advances your sanctification and strengthens the faith that you have. Now, St. James does not leave it at that. He brings up Genesis 15 when he says, Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. But he is saying in verse 22, the faith was active along with his works. Faith was completed by his works. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. He is saying, Abraham believed. He already had justifying faith in God. But then he also performs good works. And God takes that, he strengthens his faith with it, and he says, it's counted to him as righteousness. The faith of Abraham. And now, yes, I know people are going to say, but pastor, verse 24, makes it so clear. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. But let's look at that in the context of the passage. If somebody comes up to you and says, you have faith and I have works, I can show you that I have faith. You can see the evidence of that then we are not talking about judicial justification, legal forensic justification, as the theologians like to call it. Instead, we are talking about vindication. St. James is nowhere in this passage bringing up the kind of legal language that St. Paul uses. He's not talking about sin and punishment. He's not talking about the stakes of damnation versus salvation. He is bringing up human relations. So yes, coram deo, your works, they play a role in strengthening your faith. But you are still saved, sola fide, justified by faith alone. However, in coram mundo, facing the world, you are justified by works and by faith to your fellow man. You are vindicated. Your character is unassailable. Your reputation is strong. And so, verse 25, he mentions Rahab. In the same way was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way. For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. Nobody wants dead faith. 
Nobody wants the dry, demonic formalism out there that is merely mental assent to Christianity as a doctrine rather than an all-encompassing faith that we engage in. We want a living faith, not a dead one. We want an active faith. Faith does works. It inspires good and spontaneous works. Luther talked about this, that faith is a busy thing and God works in us through it. Now, speaking of Luther, I understand people think that he tried to remove it from his Bible. No, he didn't. He translated James into the Luther Bible. He preached on James. In fact, one of his last sermons was on James. When people hear about the so-called epistle of straw writings, that is Martin Luther doing what theologians even contemporary to him, like Cardinal Cahetan, did. Cahetan also made certain statements about scripture that if you read them plainly, it would sound a lot like they were trying to take books out of the Bible. But nobody out there... Luther, especially, was actually setting out on a mission to destroy the canon of scripture. Uh, aforementioned Cahetan also advocated for not labeling the Apocrypha as inspired or canon at all. Now, all that said, Luther treasured St. James's work because St. James ties everything in our life of faith together to say that you must be a Christian that means it. Your faith, genuine faith, living faith in Christ will mean it. And it is a powerful, working, beautiful thing to behold. As we enter the season of Lent this year of our Lord, 2023, Let's emphasize that. Let's emphasize being Christians that mean it. Lutherans that mean it. So that we may reap benefits and rewards of strengthened faith. And in addition to that, might glorify God with loving our neighbors as ourselves. Next week, we will get right back into the text of Romans here and we will see just how much more there is left of the book. We're getting pretty close to the wire, guys, but we're not even close to done yet. <laughs> All right, catch y'all next week. Amen and amen.